Mitä pelataan podcast? My favorite games of all time that I own. 2020 edition. Part 7. Positions 45 to 37. Welcome back to the list. Today we have five old games. Old meaning that they were on the list earlier. Two of those games have been published before 2018 when I made the list and two of them are newer. Most of these games are on the same positions, similar positions as they were previously. One of them came down, but I've played it in board game arena since and it would go higher currently. But let's see what there are on the list. So here we go. On 45th position is a game originally from 2002. It's supposedly designed by Martin Wallace and it's published by Eagle Griffin Games and other publishers. But the version I have is from Kickstarter and I have the Deluxe Edition and it's Age of Steam. Uh, I had never played this before I saw the Kickstarter and then I thought that okay I have to get it because I wanted to try it and it was easy to get it this way and also I could add some other stuff to the same pledge without much extra shipping costs. The shipping costs are ridiculous sometimes from USA and especially this Eagle Griffin Kickstarter seem to be quite high shipping usually so if you can combine the shippings then it's good. Age of Steam is a train game it has very simple rules, not very, but simple rules. It has a map and it has some track tiles and cities. And in the beginning of each round you choose which action you want to take. I mean before that you choose that do you want to sell some stock to get some money. And when you take the actions you take the actions and you try to build tracks between cities and then you try to deliver cubes from a city to another city. And you have to deliver a cube of the correct color to a correct city. So if you want to deliver to red city, you need to have a red cube that you deliver to that city. The idea of this game is that you <laughs> are getting in each other's way all the time, most of the time. And I really like this version of this style of game a lot. I played Steam earlier in my career, so to say. But I didn't like it at that time. I don't know why. It was a bit meh, in my opinion. It was like, I don't know. I hadn't played any other Martin Wallace's train games at that point of time, but I didn't like it that much. But Age of Steam is very good game. And this needs more plays. This will probably go higher. It might go lower if it proves to be too boring, but I don't think it is too boring. I haven't played this many times yet and for now this is the correct spot in the list for this game but probably it will be higher. I have to try more maps and with more player counts so I know better. On the 45th position in the list, Age of Steam. On the 44th position in the list is a game that was on the list previously on 32nd place. It's from 2017, designed by Vladimir Suhi and published by Czech Games Edition 
and it is Pulsar 2849. This is a space game, a dice selection game, and the thing that I like most in this game is that you have so few accents, and you have to try to get that red bonus die for your accents, because otherwise you won't be able to compete for the win. You have too few accents. Simple as that. You can do different things. You can focus on something, but I don't think that focusing on one thing will get you the victory. You have to focus on two things, but you can't focus on everything. It's a very, very interesting, like a, how to say it, very interesting puzzle how to best do the thing that you want to do and to try to most efficiently get the points and do the goal that you want to do and yeah it's one of the best dice selection games in my opinion and this is one of those games that I want to play soon again because I'm forgetting (laughs) how it works I mean I'm forgetting that how it works and what are all the rules I mean I already don't remember some of the things that are in the game but it's on this position because I remember liking the game a lot and wanting to play it and now I want to play it again very soon. On the 44th position in the list, Pulsar 2849. On the 43rd position in this list is a new game that I hadn't played. It didn't exist when I made it last time, this list. It's from 2019. It's probably the most hyped or the second most hyped game of last year. It's designed by Elizabeth Hargrave and published by Stonemaier Games and I assume that most of you know that it's Wingspan. Is there someone who doesn't know how the game works? Basically it's a tableau building game and you have cards and the cards are birds and the birds are placed in a different area where they live in on your board and then you do accents and the more birds you have in a row the stronger the accent is. So you either place more eggs or you get more food or you draw more cards. That's basically it. At the end of the game who has the most points wins the game. The expansion is really good for this, at least I liked it, it made it much much more versatile this game. It felt in the base game that you should only make eggs, as much eggs as possible. But with the expansion there are other ways to score points and win the game than just making the eggs. And all the birds have different characteristics. Not all, but most of them have different characteristics. Some are similar. They cost different amount of food and you have to pay the food to play them. And the further you play them, the more they cost. You have to pay eggs in addition to the cost. And there's some things in the game that... You can be very lucky with the cards, and if the cards match your plans exactly, you never have to struggle with the game. You can just play the cards and win the game. But if you don't get the correct cards, then you have to a bit try to change your plans and be a bit more tactical in the game. It's possible that you just don't get the cards that you want to get or you should get. Sometimes it can happen with the food, but it's easier to do something about the food but that can also happen that there are two different type of food in the feeder where you pick the die and there's nothing you can do i mean you don't need either of those food 
but you should use an accent to take one food that you don't need. Otherwise you can't proceed in your game. And then the other player can roll the dice and get all the food that he or she wants. There are some some small things like this in the game, like the strength of eggs in relation to points is huge. Then this card drawing luck sometimes can really ruin a game for you. Same with the food from the feeder. But other than that, this is a really good game. And this is light game and easy game. And that's why I like it, because it's so easy. You just put it to the table, you explain it quickly, and this is how you do, and then you can just play. It takes new players a while to, while meaning that not very long, but a moment to understand the game. And there are some words in the bird cards that might be not that intuitive, but it's still very easy to learn and easy to play. And it's no surprise that this game is very popular at the moment. So on the 43rd position in this list, Wingspan. On the 42nd position in this list is a game that was on 36th position. Last time I made the list, it's come a bit down, but it didn't really move much. This is one of those games that I have to play soon, otherwise I won't remember much about the game. But I've played this so many times that I still remember <laughs> something about the game. And I have too many expansions for this, but luckily I understood to stop getting more at some point. This is from 2012, designed by Devin Lowe and published by Upper Deck Entertainment. And it's legendary, a Marvel deck building game. Marvel because this is the first one I played, this is the first one that they made in this system. The legendary encounters games are a bit different, they work a bit differently. This one is legendary and you can basically mix all of these legendary games with each other. Like you could have some characters from other game in Marvel world and Marvel characters in another world. Not with the legendary encounters but with legendary. This is a deck building game. It's semi-coop, but I don't like it other than cooperative. So basically you have a deck of heroes and then you buy cards from there and try to beat the villains and try to win the bad guy. And then there's these plot twists and things change and become difficult and something can become really crazy. I like to play this somehow thematically. I don't mix the villains randomly or the heroes randomly that much. I mean the heroes have to somehow be connected to each other for me to use them. But otherwise randomly but not that randomly. Randomly might become too chaotic. And this is two player game or maximum three player game. And you shouldn't play for the points that whoever has the most points at the end of the game from beating the bad guys and other stuff wins the game. You should play it cooperatively, you either win or lose together, and then you can check at the end that who had the most points, ha 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 ha, okay, I was tougher than you, or you were worse than I was, ha ha ha, but that's it, no no reason to play this so that one person wins it. I played it once like that and I didn't like it at all, because that made people steal the cards that you want and you need, and for the team effort, it's better that you get the cards, but someone else takes them because they benefit their own agenda 
and I didn't like it in this game. But this is a good game, I played it quite a lot and it's still a good game. On the 42nd position, legendary Marvel deck building game. On the 41st position in this list is a game from 2019, so this wasn't on the list last time I made it. It's published by Alderac Entertainment Group and it's designed by Peter McPherson and this is Tiny Towns. I didn't think that I would like it. I received this as a review copy in Spiel. I wanted to get other games and this was in a way given to me as a in a way as a condolence that I'm we are sorry that we don't have the games that you wanted but do you want to take tiny towns so I thought that okay I take tiny towns I mean I said that I can take tiny towns it seems interesting but this was so surprising to me how cool it is and mm, I haven't even tried it in that way that it says in the rule book that everyone chooses a resource why because that just doubles the playtime, minimum doubles the playtime, and then it's not worth it anymore in my opinion. It takes way too long if people begin thinking what is the best way to themselves, that what is the best resource and what is the worst for the others. You just take with the deck and you take random and everyone are in the same sh uh, trouble than the others and you try to crawl out of there or such and then you'll see who has the most dirt on them when they crawl out. I really like this, especially with the uh, randomizer deck. And with that randomizer deck you could play this with however many people there are in the world. I mean that's what I was thinking at some point of doing that. I would <laughs> make a podcast episode and I would say that okay these are the buildings we are using, this is your tile and this is what comes. I mean randomly draw these resources. It would be possible to play it with so many people. The players only need to know what buildings are in use and what resources they need. And then they can hand draw themselves this table. Of course the monument is a bit of a problem but you can play without monuments. And this can be really done. I mean you could play against me if I was making this kind of episode or if I would make into a YouTube that this or even in Instagram a picture that these are the resources that come as long as no one cheats you can just play or even in twitter wherever you can do it because it it would be random with the deck and i want to try it at some point but for certain reasons in this spring i couldn't do that i was actually planning to do it in the yokikon the convention we have here that people would just have a paper with squares and i would use a document camera to show that these resources go there and then they would draw there or use some replacement cubes and we could play with as many people as possible but that didn't happen because the convention didn't happen anyway this is also like wingspan this is very light but this is also very easy to learn and very easy to see that you didn't do very well when you get minus points but that never happened to me so i'm fine with that on the 41st position in this list randomly chosen tiny towns The 40th position is a game from 2012 and this was originally on the 35th position, originally meaning last time that I made this list 
it's published by Bessier Games and designed by Ted Alspach and I received a huge box of this game from Kickstarter at the turn of the year. It was December, I think. Maybe it was January. Anyway, and this is Suburbia. And the collector's edition is... Uh, it's great. I had the normal version with the ink expansion. I sold them and they paid about almost half of the collector's edition, so... I'm fine. I really like the collector's edition and the tiles in it and the start player marker is a bit silly but still I don't understand why someone would get all the colors that's just crazy business but anyway even the version without the, all the colors is very good because this is a two player or three player game you don't play it with 20 people anyway you don't even play it with five because it's crazy to follow up the buildings or the locations in the other people's suburbs but this collector's edition comes with these small tokens that you can put to all the airports and all the different buildings that relate to the other buildings in everyone's suburb so that makes it a bit easier but it's still not easy with many people so this is two or three player game and the app is also nice it has a one one player solo campaign there that you can play Suburbia is a... <laughs> I didn't tell anything about the game. Suburbia is a tile placement game where you buy tiles uh, from a market and the tiles are different areas in a suburb. There can be industrial areas, commercial areas or residential areas and you can make them a lake that gives you money and you try to balance with the income and not popularity but what it is with the reputation and reputation increases your population and the population is the points at the end of the game and if you go too fast too far then you'll go back because you cross these lines and you have to lose stuff if you cross enough lines and then you your suburb doesn't get bigger enough it's a very interesting system things cost and then you have to get the income and then you have to pay more and then Without income you can't do anything but sometimes when you get more income you lose reputation and you lose the population and other players or other players can come behind and take over and it's a very interesting puzzle in how to balance your reputation and economy properly. Like it is probably in, in real life as well. This is not a city simulator, it's not SimCity but it feels like SimCity in a way and... I, I like it. This is my favorite city building game, if I remember right. I don't want to look further in the list because I don't really want to spoil it if it is or not. But I think it is. On 40th position in this list, Suburbia. Especially with the expansions. At least ink is mandatory, in my opinion. On 39th position in this list, is a game from again 2012. This seems to be 2012 list <laughs> or, or something. Uh, this was last time on the list on 53rd position. It has come up a bit because I played it again in Board Game Arena and I've played it one more time in Board Game Arena and uh, this would be a bit higher. I want to play this with the expansion. I have it, but I still didn't play it with the expansion. I played this more 
online than I played it in a physical form. It's by Czech Games Edition and designed by Simon Luciani and Daniele Tassini and it's Tolkien the Mayan Calendar. This is a game where there are gears on the board. When it came it was, ooh, wow, what is this mechanism? It was very simple thing that you have circular, in a way, rondels that are force, forcefully moved by one other rondel, so the rondels automatically advance, you don't ad- advance on them. And when you move further, you get a better action, and on your turn you either place workers or you take workers away. This requires a lot of planning, because you have to know what resources you will have at what point of time to do what things. So you can plan to get wood or some building material at some turn, but then you notice that, okay, I can't build this turn, so what now? I will spend two turns in a row to take back my workers. And that's not a good thing. You should spend your turns placing workers, and then, in my opinion, you should make this big turn that you take all the workers back, and you do this boom, 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 and done. And then you begin placing these workers again. Otherwise, you <laughs> waste your time in a way. But also, it depends on how the game goes and how your opponent plays. That will it work that that way or not. This is one of the best worker placement games in my opinion and it's fresh because it has this different mechanic mechanism. Okay, it's a bit <laughs> not as cool as it looks, but it's still cool because you just automatically advance all the rondels. You don't have to move on the five rondels that there are in the game. Like you don't have to manually move them, but when the round is over, you just Move them one click and everything is on a bit better action spot. And I really want to try with the expansion because I think it gives player powers and that might be a welcome renewal for this game. It's becoming to be a bit, how should I say, solved without that. That what should you do and how should you do. And yeah, that's it. This will go higher if the expansion is good. It's quite stable at this position in the list. I was about to sell this at some point, but then I played it again, because it didn't get to the table years ago. Then it got to the table, and then I noticed that, okay, this is not going anywhere, this is staying in the collection. And here it is staying in the collection, and on the list, on the 39th position, Tolkien, the Mayan calendar. The the eighth position is a game that I hadn't played, but it's published in 2012. It's not in 2012. Wow, what is this strangeness? I see. It's not in 2012. It's 2014. Now I knew that it's not 2012, but it seems that everything has been 2012 or 2019 or something similar. Or then I just remember wrong. Anyway, this is game by Vital Lacerda. It's published by Stronghold Games and Eagle Griffin is coming uh, with a new version with metal components, additional, I mean add-on metal components, you don't have to take them. And it's more modernized and it's Kanban. This is <laughs> this is one of the tightest games that I've played. It's also, it's not as heavy Again, I said the same about Newton earlier, and I regret that, but this is not 4.36. The rules are a bit difficult to read, even the rule book says that this is a diff- <laughs> something along the lines that this is a difficult game, 
to read these rules, find a quiet place and read these in peace. Don't rush with the rules. So even the rule book tells you that concentrate on learning the rules. And it was it was good that Paul Krogan had this how to play video, but I still I learned the best by reading. I don't learn from video only. I need to read anyway. So I read and then I looked at Paul Krogan's video and then I read one more time and now it it was quite clear how the game works. It's not that difficult. There are just so many different locations that work in a different way and that's the complicated thing in the game because there are different areas in the factory and all of them work in a different way. I mean, when you produce the cars, they come on this on this on, on this production line and they push cars to the testing track and then the testing track has different things that when there are certain amount of cars it empties or it moves certain number of spots forward and then when you get the parts you have to get the part in a certain way when you get the upgrades to your car you have to get those in a certain way and when you get the car models they have to be taken in a certain way when you fulfill your goals they have to be done in a certain way <laughs> when you i mean everything has to be done in a certain way and uh, this has this scoring mechanism that is very interesting that at the end of the round you choose a card that is scored and if you have how did it work if you have chairs you can score that card but if you don't have chairs you can't score that card and you can score other people's cards the scoring cards and you need to use these chairs to score those cards and you need to open the chairs for you by collecting them during the game and that's it's really important to get the chairs and I don't know I want to play this again now it was so difficult to teach it took a long time to teach but it's after learning after learning this game <laughs> it becomes easier it's like riding a bike when you when you practice enough <laughs> it's, it's easy enough but when you stare at the board for three four hours you remember how to play it but you will lose the memory in a while but this this is a fantastic game. I'm, this game is only going up with repeated plays. And if I didn't have this driver's edition, which is the newer edition, I would, uh, hmm, I would have probably backed the Kickstarter. But yeah, I don't know if I need the Kickstarter if there is something not that big differences. Like I talked about Vinyos earlier. I don't have the Eagle Griffin Vinyos version. I have the What's your game version of Vinyos? And it's the same with this. I'm fine with this version. I don't really need to pay triple the amount of money for for the newer version. And as I said, when I was talking about Age of Steam in this episode, this Eagle Griffin um, delivery costs are a bit high. Of course, the boxes are big and such, but still, I can get it in Europe when it's published with much cheaper delivery cost in with about the same price at, at least usually that's how i got my lisboa because i backed lisboa earlier but then i cancelled it because of the delivery costs were ridiculous and then i saw it in europe and i bought it and i might do the same for these other eagle griffin games gallerist is really interesting to me and on mars also i didn't back either but this Vitala Serda is really, really interesting designer. I have his games on the shelf unplayed, like CO2 as a first example. But I seem to like his stuff. 
a lot. But anyway, on the 38th position was Kanban Drivers Edition. And the last game in this list on 37th position is a game that was earlier on 12th position in the list. It came down only because I hadn't played it for a while. Now it should go up again because now I played it in board game arena and also Yukata lately. It's from 2012, no 2014. Okay, so there were <laughs> 2012s, 2014s and 2019s in this list. But anyway, this is originally by Spielworks and the version I have is from Stronghold Games, published by Michael Keller and Andreas Odendal. Odendal. This is La Grania. And this is a game that I tried to get from somewhere when it came out. And there were these German versions and such. And this is the first game and probably the only game that my wife bought me. She was in a conference in Helsinki and... I saw online that they have a copy in latapelit.fi shop and she went to ask about it. I didn't know beforehand that it's a dented copy, but she said that there's a dented copy and I said that, ah, okay, that it's nice. And she brought it back to me and she said that it's a gift. Although I had asked for her to bring it. It was a gift from her and in this game you have your own farm. And then you have these multi-use cards, you can put the cards as a helpers, or you can make them into barrows, or you can make them into fields, or you can make them into additions or expansions to your farm. And they work differently depending where they are. If they are barrows, when you fill them, you deliver them, basically you deliver one of your markers into the middle board, and then you reserve the place from there, and if they are helpers, they have some kind of a special ability that you can either activate or is passively on if there are fields they produce that farm good that the field is related to either olives wheat or grapes if they are expansions then they give you more money or they give more space to the pigs or so on and so forth and you take turns you have lots of this anytime actions so you can do simultaneously you can do this and this and this and this you can do most of the game simultaneously except when you choose a die that gives you some kind of revenue during the round you get something some goods or pigs or money or something else that you have to choose in order and then you have to do the deliveries in order everything else you can basically do simultaneously and buying the roof marker and such small smaller things but on the faces you can do half of the game simultaneous half of the game has to go in a round order basically you just try to fill the orders and get the most points and you'll get in each other's way on the the middle board where you make the deliveries to the market stalls and where you place the markers from the barrows that you deliver especially the real barrows that you deliver lots of cards lots of replayability in my opinion and everything works very well with this also both yukata.de and board game arena implementations of this game are really good i'm wondering if oda is making expansion to this there might be not necessarily but an expansion might be 
interesting. Maybe a sideboard that gives you a you could have cows and make cheese or I know you're listening or, the, or maybe not. But maybe a sideboard that you can make milk and create cheese there or maybe you can do some drink from the wheat and not only food and it would be really easy to somehow expand the farm and just add some burrows, add some helpers, maybe one more slot for the helper for the extra part or maybe it will become too convoluted but it might be worth investigating how it works. I don't know if Spielberg's titles have that many expansions usually. Maybe, maybe not. But this one might might be good with one. Although it doesn't need one, but still. Maybe it would be interesting. Like an expanded Lagranha. Maybe that would be Le Naranha. Or Pollo Loco. Or something, I don't know. <laughs> it's difficult to come, come up with some silly stuff in a language that I have no idea of well some idea of but yeah maybe some animals and such maybe those chickens or cows as long as they don't explode on the 37th position in this list La Grania so that was the list today in the beginning of this list we were halfway done now we are on the top half of this list so we are in the top 5% of the games that I have played. And these were the first ones in that set of games. So in my opinion it's a really really good effort for a game to be this high. I mean you can consider if you played 100 games. This would be the top 5 of them. That if you only get to choose 5 games from the 100 you played. This would be it. Of course I've <laughs> probably played some bad games and lots of kids games. But still, I've played that many games, so this is 5%. And the list next time has only one new game that I didn't play. It wasn't even out when I made the list last time. It has only one new game. And all the other games are games that were on this list earlier. Again, there are not much movement. I mean, especially percent-wise, there's not much movement in the list less than this week one has gone up more than any other game in the list and two of those games i didn't have when i made the list earlier so they were on the list of top nine games that i don't own but they were still within that top 81 games of all time that i made yeah let's see when the next part comes out when the next part is done then i only have three left now after this we have four left but I'm trying to record this in a set of three in a way. I record three, then I edit those three, then I record three, and then I edit those three. Let's see how it goes. But the previous episode I recorded yesterday, and the next episode I will try to record tomorrow. And today is 10th of August. In in any case, in the worst case, in the slowest case scenario, I'm, I try to be done before August ends. And there are four more coming out after this so you probably know related on when this one is out if this is out within a week so 17th of august then the all the remaining episodes will be out maybe by 24th of august but if this is out 
let's say 20th of August, then it will take until end of the month. It depends on some things, but I try to get this out. Anyway, thank you for listening like always. Subscribe to the podcast, comment on the podcast. I actually got my first comment today in Board Game Arena. Someone had listened to this list, so thank you, Arg from Sweden. Thank you for listening and thank you for commenting. And let's see if we can play Nippon together in the future. And you also seem to like good games, according to the ones that you had opened and what you had played in Board Game Arena. So yes, I read all the comments that come to me and I try to respond to all of them. So please comment and have some feedback for me. (laughs) I don't mind what it is, as long as it's constructive, if it's critical, negatively critical that is. You can find this podcast from SoundCloud and in iTunes and in Spotify and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find me from Instagram and Twitter with username Mitapelataan. There's a page in Facebook, Mitapelata. I have a blog where I have written reviews and all of this combined and everything else, mitapelataan.wordpress.com. And you can find all the relevant links in Linktree forward slash mitapelataan. I try to make this list into YouTube as well, but let's see when I manage to do that. And like always, thank you so much for listening and bye-bye. Thanks for the music. Go to Grimborough. I assume that most of you know that it's Wingspan.